following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Mr. Chris Holmes. How you doing, homie? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's Father's Day, which means grilling for my daughters. Nice. And yeah, it was good. I'm still full. <laughs> we had burgers. Went and saw a movie. But more importantly, we have Stephen is back with us this week. Yay! Yes, I'm back. I'm back. Help us, yeah, you're, you're, you're back here to help us carry around our hefty mail sack. Yes, it's, spelled, a, it's a big three-man job. That's right. However you guys want to want to spell it out there, it's either M-A-I-L or for Stefan, it's M A L E. So, <laughs> at least that's what Tony put in our in our notes here. <laughs> sure, mess with that. sure. Just but, yeah. Fun. So yeah. So everybody, that um, we are going to be talking. This is just going to be a we're talking getting out the big hefty mail bag and going to go through some emails and comments and stuff. Yes. from people. Yeah, because people. <laughs> Our tens of listeners have been contacting us, and we haven't been going through the emails or letters as much. So uh, we're going to take at least a few because we can't do all of them. That's right. We'll also be here until tomorrow. That's right. So we're not going to do a, a 50 piece of awesome. We're probably not exactly. going to do an ad- advantageous threats. However, Tony has come up with a way for us to actually roll dice. <laughs> yes. During we'll this. get to that later. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> So, um, dude, do we have any, we don't have any news, do we, Stefan? No, I've been keeping an eye on the FFG sites this week, uh, and nothing really Genesis related anyway. No. Is coming up, uh, you know, they, they really should come up with stuff, even, you know, marketing stuff, side stuff, you know, uh, whether it be dice bags or play mats, uh, mm-hmm. adversary cards. GM uh, screens. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's rumor that there's more Android adventures on the way. Well, there we go. Yes. So hopefully. Tiernoth adventures, too. Yeah. If you guys want. I mean, feel free if you'd like to put yep. those out. <laughs> so, yeah. That so, nothing cool. there. So, Shall we get into our sack? Yes. Let's, let's, go. let's reach you in there. You know what, Stefan? Why don't you go first? Go ahead and get into the sack first. All right. <laughs> so let's go and put my hand really deep in there and reach in for a letter. All right. <laughs> like, ew, ew. Wait a minute. It's sticky in here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So our first letter is from a fellow Canadian. Who's daring me to pronounce his last name? Yes. So here, here we go. Michael Mikolishin. 
I don't know if you yeah. got it right because I can't remember. <laughs> That's not right. I remember what he said, but yeah, I'm not but telling you. <laughs> That's my that's my attempt anyway. There you go. Thank, there you go, Michael. <laughs> so Michael has been working on a conver- Genesis version of the very popular uh, comic book, cartoon, and even some movies, some more popular than others, of mm-hmm. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still, you know, beginning gamer when I was still reading the comic books. I was a big fan and bought all the role-playing books when they came out, uh, published by Palladium Games. I nice. uh, wasn't a big fan after a while of the system, mm-hmm. especially when characters level up and trying to create NPCs that were a challenge for them. Like, but anyway, still like the books and the whole stories. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's working on, on that. And he had a, f- a few questions for us about his uh, documents so far that he's working on. A few little aspects that he's asking for feedback. So let me just read this real quickly without being too dry, hopefully. So, hope you're doing well. I've been busy cooking up a setting book, TMNT. Uh, it is still in its early stages, but I'm proud of what I've, I have currently. I have a few questions for you about my setting, looking for some ideas on balance. So, um, how do you feel the balancing is between species, special abilities... I'm trying to balance them around a tier three talent. Most of them feel, most of them meet uh, that I, most of them meet that I feel. Okay, most of, most of them meet what I feel maybe, except for two things. <laughs> Paraphrasing, maybe a little bit of typos mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. First is the whole class of conditional boosters uh, abilities. For example, so it's like watery stealth. When in water, including rain, add one boost die to all stealth, survival, and brawl checks. And is giving boost to underpowered, too underpowered when compared to, to the others? Kind of feels that way. I'm considering making them a free upgrade or two to make it a tier three equivalent ability. What do you guys think? Well, if you want, uh, in my opinion, if you want uh, a tier three upgrade or tier three talent uh Equivalent mm-hmm. upgrading is perfectly fine. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, you know, so. hey, it's a superhero setting, man. Who cares? Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah, you can treat the little, <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely over the top. You know, they they can do stuff that normal people can't. Right. You know. Uh I'm reminded of the fight in uh, the I think it was Iron Man two when he, at, towards the end, the Black Widow, she's just, you know, laying down mooks left, right, and center, whereas Tony Stark's bodyguard, they're uh, happy. He's just fighting this one guy, and he's having difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> he manages, but good this is yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one let's say, let's say a rival against one minion. He's having difficulty. Whereas you know, Black Widow, she's just a legendary so character good. going against yeah, yeah minions, mm-hmm. <laughs> having you know the heroic ability of you know unleash kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nope, there's nothing wrong with upgrading. No, mm-hmm. nothing. So that sounds good. It'll feel more heroic, I think. Yeah, yeah. Players will always like the additional chance of having maybe a triumph on their on their dice too. And so, just for because uh, this is for the crocodile, I see in the document. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I just as a aesthetics, I would say uh, if you're going to have it apply to stealth, survival, and brawl, um, call it something other than watery stealth. Um, maybe uh, aquatic affinity or yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, a cool name. Ambush predator or something. Sweet. What are the rules for underwater combat in this? Is there? There is none. There is none specifically, no, unless maybe... Environmental hazards. Environmental effects. What does it say? Water and swimming. What does it say here? Okay, it's basically just... Maybe about drowning, probably. Setback dice. That's another thing. You could have it remove all setback dice in combat underwater. There you go. Yeah, because they're an aquatic species, at least. You know, it's their element. It says, oh, here's another one. I think it's difficult to move through water. So it does require an athletics check to swim, and it requires an extra um, maneuver to move. Right. So maybe with this wa- with this affinity, even though, um, <clears throat> I mean, you're upgrading. Maybe if you do make him only a boost eye, you say, "Hey, you don't need these checks to swim. You don't. No. You can move you. normally in water, right? When you're swimming. I don't know. Well, you can play around with it. See what your players like. What feels good for you." Well, so if you're building an aquatic species, just like other systems, you know, if a, if a shark doesn't need to actually make move checks to uh, right. to move the water into well, their, their environment. So yeah, and I was doing I was doing some underwater combat this past Friday in that D Shift Seven D game, and you get disadvantage if you're not using certain weapons underwater. So in this case, right. if you want to, I mean, brawling is is one thing, but if you're swinging weapons like a big battle axe as opposed to say a trident um you might not get like in, in our case we'd give them like maybe setback dice right yeah. to hit or that would increase sense. the difficulty increase the difficulty those kinds of things yeah mm-hmm. definitely cool all right continue please good sir all right so secondly is the special ability of the rhinoceros which mm-hmm. is stampede uh, he says he's not sure which one to wor- works. You know, I have three variants. What do you think works best? And Chris and I discussed it a little bit before recording the show, just to give a, to think about it and have a bit of a, of a small uh, brainstorm. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's got these three abilities. Well, th- three variations on on Stampede. They all start with each turn. For each maneuver that is used to move between range bands before making a melee attack. So they all start more or less the same. So when so the first option he says each triumph rolled on that attack roll allows that character, the rhinoceros character, to roll an additional proficiency dice. And he says these additional triumphs on the extra rolls would not trigger an additional dice. You wouldn't explode the dice like mm-hmm. some other systems. Okay. Uh, Chris and I had said that maybe to make it feel more heroic, they even the additional dice could explode. Right. Anyway, that's one version. The other one is after an attack roll, let's check again when moving between range bands, um, that turn you may choose to re-roll that many dice equal to the number of maneuvers taken. So if you you were at medium range, and it took you two me two maneuvers to to go to short range, and another two to go from short, and then to to engaged, or however long it took to get you engaged. 
if you, let's say, for example, spent four maneuvers overall, then you get four chances of re-rolling, you know, re-rolling four dice, or maybe right. two dice. It's the maximum of two maneuvers anyway. Yep. Uh, you know, you can re-roll that many dice of your choosing before resolving the roll. So you could re-roll a couple of dice that came up blanks. Yeah. And finally, uh, again, range bands moving between. After rolling an attack, check that one. You may choose to re-roll the dice pool entirely and take the new result. So those are three options. You know, exploding triumphs, uh, re-rolling a certain number of dice. Uh, after you know, the, 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 you pick and choose which one you re-roll or. Uh, re- re-roll the entire thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I think um, I personally I don't like re-rolling in this system. I, it should I don't, be rare. What's that? It should be very. It should rare. be very rare. Um, and the first one. So if you use, and I would assume you mm. would be using the superhero variant rules in the back of Genesis Core, where you mm-hmm. pick two characteristics. And any skill you roll that's linked to those two characteristics, you have the exploding proficiency dice when you roll a triumph. So in this case, for the rhinoceros, if you do if you do that and they select brawl or sorry brawn as a characteristic, if you're you'll probably do a melee attack, probably a brawl check if you're doing a stampede, right? Just smashing them with your horn or whatever. Yeah, um, probably using brawl skill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the stampede, it kind of almost... So I think one of the things I came up with when Steph and I were talking, um, the stampede, if you move... if You, you have to start medium range away from somebody. Move to short range and then to, and then to engage range. So you're going to be spending the strain and you're going to be moving a ways. Um... But what is the bonus? What well, do you guys that think? Mean, that means also charge? the stampede takes multiple rounds, wouldn't it? No, no, it would take one round. If you're medium range away from somebody, it's only two maneuvers to get into engage range oh, right. with somebody. Right? Okay. Right. Medium to short, so short to... You can't take more than two maneuvers. No. So you can't... Right. Uh, the, this whole thing about moving between range bands, the number of range bands move, it's yeah. kind of a... It's kind of... You weird know, way to, to word it, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird way mm-hmm. of wording it. Really, you can move from medium to engaged range right? normally by spending two strain. Right. What I would say is with the stampede ability, you move from medium to engaged range at a specific target. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, there's no strain involved in it because oh. it's your stampede ability. You take okay. away the strain because this is, this, again, this is cool. a natural ability. Yes, they right. can just cover that distance in a stampede, and then the last thing you want to do if is you want to add, you know, if you want to add uh, an upgrade to the check, mm-hmm. or if you want to add a couple boost dice to increase the damage output. Oh. Those things are there. Here's something. Um, how about how about your attack gets the knockdown ability? And that was what I was going to go to next. There we go. Oh, sorry, instead, <laughs> Yeah, and the last thing I was going to say is instead of, or instead of doing all that, it takes no strain. Just the fact that no it takes strain. away the strain mm-hmm. and your attack gains the knockdown ability 
is by far and perfect. Yeah. It's perfect so. for a stampede. Yeah, it feels like a stampede, right? And oh, maybe you can do it. I mean, you can only do it once per round anyway. And mm-hmm. the target has to be at medium range for you to be able to do it in that round. That yeah, running exactly. Start. Yep, you exactly. gotta get the running so. start, and it's and, a good and it's a good it's a good combat opener, if you will, right? You know, I mean, or yeah. moving between foes. Maybe you want to yeah, you're gonna yeah. hit one guy, and then you're gonna turn around and go hit another guy, and you're just <laughs> pinballing <laughs> back and forth. Oh, I can see this guy, just, yeah, <laughs> going around. That's cool. And bebop yeah, and uh, rock steady. <laughs> and yeah, I think that makes more. I mean, narrative sense. because yeah. again, you want you don't want to make it too complicated because if the no. We had a hard time understanding it as kind of experts mm-hmm. on the system. Right. Your players are going to have a hard time yeah. understanding. And then, and then remember, yeah. Michael. I mean, your first ability, your first um, thought here with re-rolling the triumph, getting to re-roll with the triumphs. Just bring in that super that that superhero super stats. I think that's super characteristics. I think. Yeah, and, and, and there's there was two, but nothing says it for a minor you know street level heroes like the the turtles that you don't just choose one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. Go. Yeah, that's true. Why not? Tweak that. And, uh, Tweak it so that's that it's it. only one ability. Yeah. One characteristic. Well, and and it, if I was making a mutant rhino, I'd take my brawn and oh, any yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> well, really that's good. it. You already, already starts at a, at a brawn three, so that's pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, cool. you can even make it, you know, that you have to... Has to be a roughly in a, in a in a straight line as well when he when he stampedes. That way, it doesn't get strained. It's just you know, mm-hmm. no no sudden turns. <laughs> what? No corners. Fun. No corners. And that's, we just go through buildings. Well, yeah, you it. just go through them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no so. door there. <laughs> there is now. I have seen. Um, there was a uh, a game that I played called Iron Kingdoms. It was a war game, but I played a role playing oh, game. Yeah. And their charging ability, when you pick a target that's out there, right? Anybody yeah. between you and them kind of gets knocked off to the side, potentially knocked down. Mm. So I don't know if, you know, some of that um, in the narrative kind of part, right? You could add that to kind of the narrative where you're just, you know, running up and, you know. Did you play the Witchfire the... Trilogy? Who, me? Yeah. Uh-uh. I didn't. The... The, the three adventures that they did for that. It was one hell of a good series of adventures, just saying. No, my um my GM, he um he ended up taking us through a um Russian fairy tale themed um <laughs> um campaign where we met up with Baba Yaga and you know the three you know the the three little pigs and there was basically the <laughs> okay. the, the big wild boar chieftains you know that we had to go to it was kind of it was kind of cool nice but interesting yeah, yeah that reminds fun. me of the in shintar they have for the ogres can you can play an ogre in shintar okay uh, an edge called juggernaut oh, so sweet. basically when you, when they start moving even if someone has other abilities like first strike it's like it doesn't stop you from moving you just you keep <laughs> plowing through people <laughs> but it has to be in rough roughly straight line yeah so so there you go michael that could be a potential um yeah. talent that could yeah. like a racial talent if you want, you mm-hmm. know, for the um for the rhino. So yeah, yeah. so just just to to cover like roughly straight line. Tony's suggestion: no strain for the rhino when he moves mm-hmm. two maneuvers for that maneuver for that particular mm-hmm. stampede uh, talent, and you get knocked down. 
yeah. knockdown. Is there a value for knockdown? No, you just have to spend the two. It's just knockdown, right? Two advantage to knock him down. Two advantage. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. Two advantage knocks so your you opponent go. down. Boom. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two advantage knocks your opponent down, makes them prone, makes them a little easier target if you're using That's it. That's it. So. And of hey, course, right. don't forget that. Don't yeah. forget for those abilities. Every two advantages you have means you can activate knockdown. Or it could, or it folks. could only take one less advantage when you try and knock down an opponent using your stampede ability because you might want to knock down a larger foe, like yeah. a like a silhouette one oh. per or silhouette two person, which it would take an extra advantage, right? Because for every silhouette up, you to knock them every down, two. or every two is it every two silhouettes? It's, it's it's uh, when they're two silhouettes larger than you, or more. Okay, or more. Ah, it goes up. It goes up. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so there's a bunch I of believe. some food for thought there for you, bud. Yeah. Let me let me look that up because I don't want to be wrong on that. Okay, guys. So, right, so in the, the item qualities, quality. yeah, the knockdown. I'm right there. It's. Okay. Uh, Unspecified, otherwise unspecified, knockdown requires an additional advantage uh, per silhouette beyond one. So it is it's an extra one beyond one. Okay. Per silhouette. So if you're trying to knock down a silhouette three monster, it's going to take four advantage. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, then what I was saying. So then what I was saying is, if you're using your stampede, it's just mm-hmm. one less advantage to knock them down. So yeah. take one to knock down one. That's your equal. Huh. Just an idea. No, oh, that's, that's a great a, idea. Just a yeah, thought. Just subtract one less uh, advantage required. Mm-hmm. So cool. That's not bad. Cool. What else does he Is have Is there any here? more to this email? Yeah. Uh, a little one last thing, I believe. There we go. Uh, also, any other ideas and critiques are welcome. Turtle fans need to be represented. <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. So basically, I looked a little bit through his document. He's got some good stuff. He's got also careers, mm-hmm. which can fit the setting. You know, of course, like the, the turtles were ninja, so there's a ninja career. Nice. Uh, but you can have a soldier. Uh, I, I remember when I wanted to play in TMNT, I had just you know drawing some characters. I drew a, a lion, human lion, commando kind of thing. Nice. So he had the big Uzi in his hand and the big combat boots. I was trying to emulate the the style of the comic book as far as drawings. So yeah, there's a soldier, the technician, uh, thief, scoundrel, a few others, mm-hmm. uh, depending on uh, character. Then where's uh, the journalist? Fuck. Yeah, the journalist. No, <laughs> I want to play there. the journalist. <laughs> that could right? be uh, intellectual, probably. Maybe Charmer. an intellectual charmer. charmer. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, gonna the definitely tanker. some. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and a few other things that he hasn't worked on yet quite, like starting gear sets. That's a pretty good idea, a bit like uh, Realms of Tyrannoth. So if you start with a, as a scout, you have this gear. Yeah. Same thing. He he hasn't written out cool. anything yet, but nin, the Ninjutsu Warrior or the uh, Escaped Experiment and stuff like that. That uh, you have at least minimum equipment that uh, you can start with, and then some equipment list. Of course, ninja tools and weapons. Cool. Seem to be uh, pretty straightforward. He did, say, he did mention in here favors, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's would used definitely favors. be used. Yeah, favors and organizations, right? In TMNT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they have so many reclusive, secret organizations, including <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the yeah. Foot Clan and several yeah. other organizations in the comics mm-hmm. uh, is actually a is, a is a great idea. I have one critique, mm-hmm. if you would. Go ahead. Sure. And that is, um, Michael, you need to have bats. <laughs> uh, yes, that I, way you can have someone named Warren Batty. <laughs> or he is Night Bat. Yes. I am the night. I am the night. Yes. <laughs> I am that bat. <laughs> and of course, then you can you can also go with the whole Disney route of, you know, uh, Darkwing Duck. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Let's well, get Well, even though we're not doing a 50 pieces of awesome this week, this is actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is definitely worthy of 50 pieces of awesome right here anyways. Just That's the it. sheer amount of info you've got in here already. I know it's incomplete, Michael, but still, rock on, dude. Good job. Yeah, kudos to you. I yeah, I truly so. appreciated playing the Palladium version mm-hmm. myself uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, I only uh, used the TMNT stuff as a supplement to my Heroes Unlimited game, but it was always fun to add that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, so, kudos to you, Michael. Yeah, well yep. done, man. Well there we go. Done. All right, so thank you, Mike. Thank you, Michael Miklishen. <laughs> Ooh, you got it. Go. Is it is it Miklishen? It's Miklishen. It's not Miklishen. Nope. Miklishen. 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 I am the machine. I am the Michael Miklishen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's all, all good. Right, so there we go. <laughs> all right, Chris, you got the next one, buddy. Yes, I do. Um, which actually, I'm going to kind of read through our email thread from Mr. Chris Allen, a.k.a. Blame Cap. Howdy, fellas. I've been debating asking this question for a while now, but after the Netrunner episode, I figure it was worth a shot. I'm assuming he's our Android Netrunner <laughs> episode, right? <laughs> yeah. When and, we uh, ran. Android, uh, I think this arrived uh, right after our Android uh, review. Gotcha. Okay. Um, as the subject suggests, it has to do with social combat. Oh, yeah. Social combat request was the title mm-hmm. of his email. I get the basic concept, but for whatever reason, I can't wrap my brain around it fully like I can normal combat. As a GM slash GM... Gotta make you all happy. <laughs> I'm a GM as well. It's just when I play that, you know, D Shift 7D game, I'm a DM. Um, <laughs> and always, and will be always at heart. If always, <laughs> I've always had a few roles during conversations with key NPCs, but nothing that's steered towards a full blown social combat, social encounter. Um, if it is all possible, could you please orchestrate a full social encounter and run through it on a future podcast? Absolutely. We will do that. Um, maybe you can tie it in with the favor systems or something. Hint, hint, hint. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> I think seeing it in an action like the net running will make it a lot clearer for me and hopefully other listeners. Thanks for making my work commute a great experience. Have a great weekend. Sincerely, Chris, a.k.a. Blamecat. You know what? You are very welcome because for the commute experience i've had that hour hour and a half commute and i started listening to the um when i was starting to listen to the gathering of dorks um i i listen to them all the time when i had that really long commute it does make for a good um what do you call it, it makes for the commute to just go by that much faster so mm-hmm. glad we're able to pay it forward if you will 
Yeah. So I believe Tony responded to this saying, absolutely, sounds like a great idea. Also, in case you missed it, I'm running an Android. We're running. He's running Android for us over at the brewery show for Chris, Daryl, and Jamie. And in the episode, the link below. So Tony linked the episode, um, the Android um, link to the uh, to the YouTube. Oh, the actual play. The actual Would have play. Been out episode there. two of that. Episode two. Yep. Anywho, we're always open to suggestions from our listeners. Thanks for a great one, Tony. And then Chris responds back to Tony. said, sweet, I did miss it. Thank you for that. He's going to go watch it now while it's slow at work. Uh-oh, I called you out there, dude. <laughs> it is my pleasure. And thanks again for educating the masses. Then he says, okay, hey, guys. Well, I took Tony's suggestion, went a step further, and binged all the Android sessions over at the brewery. Sweet. Glad you liked that. Aside from the withdraw, now I'm suffering. <laughs> I do believe I'm grasping the social combat a little more now. By the way, Chris, great despair slap patch save. What? Oh, oh, that one. <laughs> Have a great weekend, guys. Chris Blinkett. Yeah, that slap patch save was a... Um, yeah, I rolled a despair. No, 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 no. That was the, the 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 robot shot and killed you. Almost killed you. The the big bioroid. He shot and almost killed you, and he rolled a despair. Oh, and which you I used. you used the despair to fall on Daryl's incapacitated corpse and hit him with a slap patch that I had already started pulling out the previous round so it had, so I had it in my hand because I was deciding because that, that, that's right because before that I was like the round before that I'm like well I'm, I'm going to grab out that slap patch and I have to decide do I run for Daryl's character or do I shoot this guy and I think I decided to shoot him hence the yeah yeah, but that was, that was pretty, pretty fun. funny. Yeah, and yeah. you were and the, yeah, there's definitely some social encounters. That's very much an investigative social encounter life. Yeah, there's more to come. There, uh, mm-hmm. the fifth episode is heavily in the social. Um, that's coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. We probably won't be revisiting that due to uh, personal conflicts until the 11th of July. I think yeah, it it's is going to be a bit. Yeah, just you know, life happens, Something. right, for us all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was one part in there where, and you had, and, um, Chris, you mentioned, um, pulling in the favor system. And I remember my character has been pulling in favors a lot and I might have Tony, I think when I was, when we were at the counter, my character was an investigator, used to be a, um, a, uh, NA, what is it? New NAPD officer. He saw that he offered his service, he offered a f- favor to them to get an upgrade or a boost die. I can't remember what I got off of that. Gave you an upgrade. Yeah, he gave me an upgrade for it. It's like, hey, you know what? I'll take on. I'll take on that. That um, because there's like a Seven Eleven or something, a convenience store. Um, they needed to investigate, and I'm like, yeah, that's in my neighborhood. I just made it up that it was in my neighborhood, and I'll go investigate it for you to kind of get in to the morgue or whatever. I think that's what we were going. Just like when you're offering bribes in social combat, if you're offering bribes to the person that they're bribe, if they're bribable, you know, and you're mm-hmm. trying to do, um, and you're throwing in a little extra money, usually when players are like, oh, I'll toss 50 credits down or I'll give them 25 mm-hmm. credits, I'll usually give them a boost die or an extra green die or an upgrade, depending on how much they spend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this case, you offer to take on a small favor, so I think I gave you a boost die or two. Something um, like that. Yep. It, it, was, it was one of those things. I, I, I offered a favor, you know, mm-hmm. 
and or I gained a favor that I owed somebody, and I got a boost in the social combat. So that's how we used it with this favor system. Regardless of all that, yeah, we will be visiting the favor system in July, late yeah. July, mm-hmm. and when we do, we'll probably have an appropriate advantageous threats. Yes. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Because <laughs> there's a lot of talents that are socially based in Genesis. Even the core mm-hmm. books, Scathing Tirade and a few others yep. that I think are get overlooked. Inspiring you know, rhetoric. Of, that's one to good heal. Good cop, you. bad yeah. cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe good you know. cop and bad cop are great for social combat because it allows two players to play off each other and and it boosts right. each other's checks in yeah. ways that just the dice results don't allow. So it's they're great talents for that. Yep. Cool. Yep. So that's awesome. that one. There we go. All right. So I'm going to take on Mr. Sam Barrett. Mm-hmm. Yes. So our good friend Sam got a little wordy, <laughs> and he sent us this. Yeah. Um, our- so I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to him but my computer sent the last email prematurely. He sent us an email and it was blank. But anyway, I was going to apologize for taking so long to send you my cyberpunk setting idea. Things have been quite busy and stressed for us lately. Thankfully, it's not all bad. I'm proud to announce baby number three for us is on the way. Congrats, Sam. Congrats, Congrats. Sam. I think that's probably a good reason for being a little late. And you're right. It is, buddy. (laughs) Um, At any rate, with much, uh, with no further ado, Chris and Tony, and this one was sent before Stefan joined us, and Stefan, I'm sure he would say, he gives us Nexus. And it has a nice little blurb here. Mm-hmm. Nexus, the outside-in world city, where 22 billion souls live, work, cheat, steal, and scrounge for their next meal. Where those at the top live closest to life, the life-giving core, while the masses shiver against the outer and what outer wall and try not to die of shard lung or rust rash great names for diseases <clears throat> sure you can get a job you and try to work your way up the mega corporate ladder if you're willing to step on your friends and neighbors to get there just pick which of the big 10 you want to sell your soul to after all you're either a functioning part of the system or another line in the code or you're unemployed Their neat and clean way of describing the oppressed and disenfranchised mix of poor, homeless, criminal, and mutant populations that would rather starve together than join the same system responsible for their misfortune. But hey, at least you'll be in in good company. Hobos and street urchins, thieves and thugs. The have-littles and the have-nots with a dash of trip fiend and junkies thrown in for good measure. Whatever you do, pal, keep your head down and get used to it. This is the way it's always been in Nexus. At least that's what the hist logs say. History logs. So, yeah, hist logs. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, don't go thinking you can change anything. You'd have to be one of those code weavers or something. Mm-hmm. And if you're and if you're the praying type, you'd better make your peace with Antelon. And cuz in Nexus, life is cheap unless you're poor, then it's all you have. And that's a quote from a Wilf Langestein, or Langestein. But yeah, welcome to Nexus. The cyberpunk setting exists in a Dyson sphere. Cool. 
uh, <laughs> 1.5 times the size of our Earth. Those trapped within uh, were born and raised inside with hardly a clue as to what lies outside of their neon-gilded cage. Um, society is primarily divided by your occupation, or lack thereof, and the quadrant you live in. As for the occupations, everyone with a legitimate wage works for one of the Big Ten. The Big Ten are ten mega corporations that control virtually every facet of life in Nexus. They monopolize every possible service and product, decide the laws and legislation, and the Nexus Parliament consists of ranking board members of each megacorp. This parliament decides all Nexus-wide policy, including laws and regulations. This reminds me of paranoia for some reason. But really, anyhow, he's got a list of corporations here. Uh, the Big Ten um, is uh, Architect, Roswell Industries, NSF, which is Nexus Security Force, NutriCorp, which is a food industry, Bander and Ward, which is administration and banking, Vision Media, which is news, entertainment, Venture United, public transportation and whatnot. Metagen, which is a <laughs> medical, pharmaceutical, genetics research, cybernetics. Enerco, which deals with your utilities. And Harper & Sons, which is a service industry and retail. Uh, by the way, Roswell was uh, robotics and machinery and architects, high-tech uh, computers, meta-science. And NSF deals with law enforcement, security tech, weapons, and emergency services. Uh, anyhow, Nexus itself is divided into four equally wedge-sized mega-quadrants. The tips of these wedges meet at the poles. Green quadrant, lush and beautiful. Green, quad, green, green quadrant is... Cons yeah, that's a tongue twister. Green quadrant is considered by most to be the most desirable quadrant to live in. Um, and it lists the corporations that have the most control there, which is NutriCorp, Venture, United, and Harper and & Sons. Uh, gold Quadrant, the richest and most metropolitan quadrant. Gold considers itself the model for life in Nexus, whether its inhabitants are of other quadrants agree or not. <laughs> Architect, Bander and & Ward, and Vision Media have their HQs there. Red Quadrant. Sitting opposite the green, both in geographical position and environmental quality, red is the most populated and most polluted quadrant on the Nexus. Uh, Roswell Industries, NSF, and Enerco have their HQs there. And then blue quadrant, also known as the dark quadrant. Blue contains more black zones and unchecked mutant populations than all of Nexus combined. And it is Metagen's headquarters. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, life is made possible inside the sphere by powerful light and energy coming from the core. Suspended in the sky at exactly the center of Nexus lies the core, like a sun, forever set at high noon. Much of ne Nexus itself is poorly understood by those who live within, and the core is no different. What is known is that it must run through active and dormant cycles at regular intervals. If this is not done, the core becomes erratic and hazardous, irradiating the inner surface and those who live there. This is done by scientists and engineers residing in the corona, a floating station with mirrored surfaces that rings the core at a very short distance. Every day the core is cycled into activity to light all of Nexus. 
and at night it is powered down, turning its rich golden light into a hypnotic purple, uh, black light purple. That's nice. cool as shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, though a common sight in many parts of Nexus, artificial inte- uh, intelligent life forms, AILs, are a part of Nexus society that makes many citizens uneasy. Though AILs have been functioning part of Nexus life for a long, strangely indeterminate span of time, many citizens consider them unnecessary and unwelcome in the face of overpopulation and scarcity in the job market. Bye, raids, uh, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or clones. You could, it or really clones, could go yeah. either way. Uh, others are more concerned that w- though some are physically indistinguishable from humans, their motives remain unknown. Mm-hmm. This has created a social climate that breeds discrimination in many forms. Because of the very very natures, unrest exists among AILs as well. Already divided between the labor-oriented androids and the social-oriented synthetics, there you go, mm-hmm. uh, AILs find that strife seems to follow them wherever they go, usually feeling the most discrimination at work, androids often band together sometimes forming unions. Synthetics, on the other hand, often struggle in regular social settings where they sometimes struggle to hide their artificial nature. Regardless of type, AILs simply desire to live and let live, free of discrimination and fear. There's a bunch of bunch more on trip, religion. Uh, I'm assuming trip is some sort of drug or... Uh, Probably, I, I think know. so. Magic, mutants, and virtue grid, which is like the net. Uh, but I'm afraid I need to wrap it up for now. Why not? You wrote the whole setting in here for it. No, Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's really good, by the way. I, I, really I think it's it. great. Um, anyhow, Sam wraps up with saying, it's a setting for one of the book series I'm trying to work on. Another nerd cliche, I know. Peace, Sam, and his always famous TLDRs, Dyson Punk. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> nice. <laughs> Dyson punk. Yeah. Because they're in a Dyson yeah. sphere. Exactly. Oh, I love that. It sounds cool. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool setting kind of thing. A nice place to to put the Android set uh, material. You know, Shadow of the Beanstalk. Just remove the beanstalk and there you go. New world. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty much rubbing the serial numbers off of Shadow of the Beanstalk. And you can yeah. Add in, like I said, like he said, adding in, you know, magic, mutants, trip, whatever that is, religion. You can have yourself a uh, kind of a awesome setting. I, I think it just sounds amazing, Sam. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does. yeah, I'm get to work on that to... document, would you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't quit play having it. kids. <laughs> yeah, quit having kids and let's play it. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Sam. <laughs> yes, happy. Yeah, definitely happy Father's Day. Mm. Bonne fête des pères. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the same there. French. Yeah, but I like the quadrants. Was, the quadrant idea. Yeah, like the I, Earth is I, split up into like four different quadrants, and oh, yeah. I love, I love the idea, the, the idea itself, and the fact that the the sun itself is what's causing the mutations, and yeah, and, could be. Or you could throw in that whole, hey, Metagen, the company that's doing oh, all yeah. the medical research, that's where all these mutants are coming no, from. No, they wouldn't have anything to do with that, Tony. Come no, on. no. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. No. It, it, had, it had this paranoia feel. Have you, have you guys never played, you ever played Paranoia? I've never played never, it. I wanted never to. Never played though. it. Heard about it, of course, but mm-hmm. never played it. Yeah. It, it, 
of course that's a computer run the the society Mm -hmm. is run by computers and you have your people have uh um they're they're graded by their place in society as a color so and it's the colors of the rainbow and ascending order with ultraviolet being the highest level of clearance that you can have Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But I know uh, the, the site is run by uh, this insane, you know, multi- schizophrenic AI. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, and it always the AI always the computer is never wrong, and it always no. convinces the players to turn on each other. It's it's a pretty fun game. I played it a lot. Well, that's when it. I, sometimes when it can was... give you conflicting orders. Like, go on this mission in this quadrant, but but the law says you're also not allowed in this quadrant. Doesn't matter. I just told you you have to go into this quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> to, nice. to retrieve this, you do it. Oh well, you're in, you're you're violating the law because you're not supposed to be in the quadrant. Thought. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody has like a finite number of clones. Yeah, and so if you fail at your mission or you die, you, you just get a new clone that your character becomes. But there are lower level security clearance. They got to work their way up again. Back up again. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a. It was. A, I played it a lot in my mid early twenties. Um, it was. Uh, it was a fun game to play when you're. Uh, newly discovered alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Every time one of your clo- your, your character dies, you have to take a shot. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. All, right. All right. We have we have uh, another cool. big one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had it says there's three of us and there's four, four emails. Four big emails, big emails. to read. I have this proposed method of deciding who reads the last one. Well, that's it, because I suggested mud wrestling, but we don't live in the same cities, so no. that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> Besides, you would cheat. Yeah, you would cheat. Yeah, you yeah, would. and? <laughs> and I'd be afraid. <laughs> and I would also record the whole thing. There you go. For, for science. Yeah. <laughs> Social sciences, yes. Not no. not blackmail material, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> so here's my proposal. All right. We're going to do an opposed, not opposed, but a competitive skill check. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to roll off to see who gets to, who reads this one. Mm-hmm. But there's a caveat. Uh, <laughs> so if I roll a triumph and Chris wins, Chris has to tried to pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> Which we're not going to say it just yet. Because no, no, no. they don't want to give me any hints as to how to right. say it. Of course not. If, if Stefan rolls a triumph and I win, I have to read the email in a funky accent, or the portion of the email in the funky accent of Stefan's choosing. Mm-hmm. I and, already have an idea. <laughs> and if Chris rolls a triumph but Stefan wins... Stefan's twin Stephanie has to come on the show <laughs> and read and read this, the the uh, part. The she first she part, hasn't right? replied to my she hasn't replied to my text yet, so I'm not sure if she'll be able to make it. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Right. You got to win the roll. That's right. it. So our so, roll, we're going to be rolling what? Two yellow and two green. Yeah. yeah. And no boost dice for Stefan. No boost no dice boost apparently. Dice. All right. And uh, this is honor system. Me, no be, no this is the honor system here too. So of course. here we of course. go. Oh, I got three advantage, and I also got three successes. I got three successes and three advantage. No advantage, six successes. <laughs> oh. Well, you win, Tony. Yeah, you get the you get the roll. 
I win, and Stefan rolled three advantage, which I, I forgot to say in my description. The triumph or three plus advantage. Three plus advantage. So one of the trigger conditions, <laughs> Stefan rolled three advantage, and I won. Yeah. Which means... What accent is Tony going to be reading this email on? Using <laughs> he he needs to read. I forget the name of the race, uh, but he needs to, to read it like <laughs> no, the uh, the alien that owned Anakin and his mother in uh, oh Toydarian, <laughs> Toydarian. There you go. All right, oh. I got to do it like Watto. All right, <laughs> yeah. all right, fair enough. So I'm just going to read the introduction. By What's the way. His name? His name is Gutmandur Orn Ingversen, or GM Gudmo. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is our uh, Icelandic listener. Mm. He sent us this. Uh, hi there, guys. I've been listening to you for a while now. Enjoy your banter. <laughs> You asked for custom item qualities attachments, and I'm I'm sure some of these sound familiar, at least to Chris as a fellow GURPS GM. <laughs> Since they are blatantly plagiarized from GURPS, GURPS vehicles in third edition. Keep podcasting. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Yay. Well done, Tony. Yay. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to read the rest of it like that. Oh, no, I'm not going to. There's no way I would read all of these. Well, considering we have three more pages. <laughs> All right, so he gave us a ton of weapon attachments and mo- uh, uh, modifications and stuff. And really, I think his big question was well, how to cost them. So we're going to kind of give him some help on that. Yep. So the first one, All right. uh, I'll read that one. The shoulder stock should attach, should, or, yeah, shoulder stock attachment for any. Pistol grip weapons helps with accuracy. Uh, it modifier is used with any pistol grip weapon. Its modifiers are accurate one and encumbrance plus one. It uses one hard point and has a rarity of three. And he has a question mark for cost. Well, um, I would like to note that on page 206 of the Genesis Core rulebook, we have some rules on attachments and hard points. And now Chris and I haven't discussed this really uh, on how this is done. Um, but uh, when you're creating for your own system, I would say start here with the chart on page 207 mm-hmm. for your basis on price. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a your, price and a rarity in that. So yeah. your price for a rarity three items probably going to be. Two hundred, three hundred credits, mm-hmm. or monetary Depending. units, yeah. whatever you're using. Um, yeah. That seems reasonable. I think these things are more priced on their rarity than anything else. It would seem so because this balanced hilt, this first one, mm-hmm. would be a good one to go to use as a start for this shoulder stock, right? Because mm-hmm. the balance tilt is basically it's for a melee weapon, but it adds the accurate quality, and that's mm-hmm. what this attachment is doing. But it's a thousand um, unit of uh, price is a thousand units credits, whatever we'll say credits. But it's but this is a rarity six item, and I don't know. I'd at least cut this in half to five hundred. Yeah. 
maybe that's what even, I, I mean, maybe even down to 200, maybe 250, right? Yeah. It's and, and if you look at a rarity three item on here, there's a couple of rarity three mm-hmm. items that are in the 150 to 400 range. So yeah, the tripod metal, metal, telescopic yeah. sight for 200. So mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. there's a table on 199, which mm-hmm. is where you're building the weapons. It gives you a weapon cost calculation. Mm-hmm. And the different qualities that you would add as well. So if you wanted to use that table too, I mean, it yeah, you could. That's almost like building a weapon from scratch. That's building weapon. a weapon from scratch, but you can at least kind of get an idea. So if you're adding a damage, right? Right. And if the damage takes you to maybe, say, another another level, so if the base damage goes from 7 to 8, um, in this table on 199, you know, you're adding 250 credits for it you know yeah. what i mean and towards so, the bottom of that table sorry uh, yeah go, go ahead. ahead no no go, uh, go. like at the bottom of the table it says like adding another positive quality like accurate would be a positive quality obviously they suggest like 100 per credits mm-hmm. per rank or 250 period you know yep. uh, and like chris said you know maybe Instead of a thousand credits or dollars, whatever for a shoulder stock, for mm-hmm. yeah, half would be okay. I think maybe even lower, but, but because it increases the encumbrance, you can yeah. drop it down some. And well, yep. unless he's so. making out of some exotic material, you know, it's like oh, it's very exotic wood that uh, I wanted to look really nice, and you know, <laughs> how some steampunks or even you know Western weapons. You look at you know vintage weapons that have mm-hmm. shoulder stocks that had like engravings and metalwork into it. Right. So and hey, fancy, yes, and, then it can cost a lot. Right, and stuff like that. Like if you have a pair of if you you know if you had like say a pair of um, ivory handled pistols. Yeah. That might you might you might get a boost out of your charm check or intimidation check or something like that if somebody recognizes those right well, and if it. you and the shoulder stock too if you want to make it out of a heck you can even pull in the special um, material quality stuff from Tiranoth too like you were saying Stefan like a, yeah. a nice wood or unique mm-hmm. um, what material do you call it? material the bone of, yeah bone of something or uh, mm-hmm. space or age material as mm-hmm. well you know. Uh, I think also it's from unicorn horn. Just there you go. know it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, just below the other positive quality, they also have other negative quality, which can offset, you know, minus seventy-five per rank. So encumbrance one, because it's making the weapon more encumbrance, it it offsets the cost of the accurate of the shoulder stock. So, yeah. All right, go on. Okay. Let's go on. Uh, Chris, why don't you take the next one, buddy? Sure, we'll take the next one. So the next one is electromagnetic. So basically your Gauss guns, your rail guns, coil guns, mass drivers. um, In the barrel to accelerate um, a ferocious or conductor-sheathed projectile. It's the very ferious? Ferrous. It's iron. Iron. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> to very high velocities. The ammunition is very light, doesn't require propellant as it's caseless. Available anywhere in future or for sidearms for large artillery in modern times. Used with any slug thrower weapon. And as modifiers for this, range plus one, pierce plus two, damage plus one, and it adds one to the encumbrance. Two hard points, and then a rarity of seven. 
So for this, I would actually start with the extended barrel. It's mm -hmm. the one that increases the range by one band. Mm -hmm. um, could be applied to any weapon and whatever, um, any ranged weapon or light, range-heavy gunnery weapon. And it starts at a thousand, a price of a thousand. Now, you're adding pierce, you're adding more damage, but you are making it heavier. Um, but it's rarer, also. It is rarer. Now there yeah. is a now the superior weapon customization is a rarity seven, and it's seven hundred and fifty. Um, underbarrel flamethrowers rarity six, but it costs three thousand. Um. I don't know. I would probably I would probably add for the pierce, um, your or actually for the damage, I'd probably add maybe two hundred, maybe two fifty. And then for the pierce. No, it's pierce plus two, another pierce positive quality. Another so that would be another couple hundred. Two I'd, that would I'd, be two hundred for for uh -huh. that as per raw, as per Genesis. I'd bunk. probably throw this somewhere around the two thousand credit yep. range, I would think. That's where I put it. Somewhere yeah. around two thousand, I think. Yeah. Because there are and some these are, now. These are modifiers are now. Wait a second. Now remember, your modifiers. You need to make these. It are just the base modifiers. These are not the. These are not. I don't believe these are uh, additional ones that you can roll for, like the attachments in Star Wars. No. Yeah. These are. Yep. These, these are, are the straight modifiers. up modifiers. Yep. You add it. Boom. You get it. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if he he's looked uh, at uh, the Android book, you know, Shadow of the Beanstalk. It has some of these weapons, like the Goss weapon, the Goss rifle. I'm there you go. At. Okay. I mean, that one what is a ranged heavy, mm -hmm. ranged heavy, uh, basic damage ten, uh, extreme range, so it has good range on it. Right. Has the cumbersome three, so because it's a big bulky weapon. Pierce five and slow firing, so yes, it, it takes a bit of time to Ouch. to uh, to fire. But encum Pierce encumbrance, five. yeah. Ouch. But encumbrance, encumbrance five, uh, cost of two thousand, but a rarity six. But that's for maybe like in a sci-fi yeah. setting, right? Uh, you might restrict it even higher if it's you know a military grade weapon. You could make it eight, easy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, so I yeah, think that feels like it's five, close in the in the right. Yeah, it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. And you know what he's doing here is he wanted to create. I think the way I see it is you know because this came from idea of GURPS. Yeah, is more of a a generic one that you could just plug in in any near future or future setting mm -hmm. without having to just pull the one over from Android. Maybe you have a character that wants to make an electromagnetic conversion to an existing gun in a super yeah. setting. There you go. And, yeah, and or, that's, this is a way to make that. Yeah, or just mechanically, game-wise, it's just like, I'm, I'm going to take the revolver or you know 9mm pistol and add these qualities to it, and that makes it a Goss That's what pistol. it feels like it's doing. Yeah, because, yeah. because, yeah, even the auto Fletcher's and the Shadow of the Beanstalk are, you know, Pierce 2. Mm -hmm. You know, so adding, you know, Pierce 2 to it, to it, let's say a regular pistol sounds along the same lines. Mm -hmm. So it's, right. it's a good base. Let's go. What's the next one there, Stefan? All right. Let's see. The one is Electrothermal. Guns that use an electric charge to vaporize a propellant into steam or plasma. 
which expands and smoothly accelerates around down the barrel at high velocity. This would be uh, ideal for near-future technology, used for any slug thrower. And he's got modifiers for plus one damage and accurate one. And this would be one hard point and rarity six. So 500 credits. Uh, yeah, around there. Yeah. That yeah we figured two to three, two to four hundred for the one that was rarity three and it just increased accuracy. Mm-hmm. Just accurate one and damage plus one for above a, a regular, let's say, hand, handgun or rifle or submachine gun. That's cool. That one's not too bad. A little more rare. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. X-ray laser modulation. Mm. So advanced laser modulation that allows the laser to fire in the X-ray ray frequency. Gosh, I cannot talk today. Pew, pew. Um, uh, uses, uses for any laser weapon. You uh, should drink so, more then. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you can use it in. Uh, for any laser weapon, so it'd be in a futuristic setting anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, modifiers are pierce plus two and damage plus one. Uh, hard points one, rarity eight. This seems like something that would be high tech, rare. You know, it's rarity eight. I'd yeah. put it right at a thousand credits, just because of the the value of it. Right, um, right. Thousand thousand units of some kind. Um, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just from looking at the chart, where other things are on it, I'd say right. this fits right there. Yeah, I think so too. So, what does radar? I wonder if it. Do? I wonder if Pierce a uh, X-ray laser, you know, uh, being basically X-ray, very dangerous. If someone doesn't have the proper type of armor, you could switch from Pierce two to Breach one. <laughs> We mean maybe more more of a heavy rifle version yeah. of an X-ray laser, not a pistol. Speaking Unless you hold it there for like for an hour. Of which, <laughs> the next Why don't you one, read Gravity Beams, Stefan? Yeah, mm-hmm. read the next one there, Stefan. <laughs> or or should I ask Stephanie to read this one? It's up to her. Okay. Uh, let me see. Did she, let me did she answer it. your back? Yeah, yeah, I think I heard her upstairs. Let me just check. Just a sec. Stephanie! <laughs> Stephanie! <laughs> Steph! <laughs> Yes, yes, I am here. What do you want? I want you to read this for the guys on the podcast. Oh, really? Oh, all right, fine. Because because Chris and Tony are so cute. All right, so what is this this thing, this nerdy thing here? Oh, yes. Gravity beam. Oh, that sounds nasty. Ultra high tech grav guns. The damage is low, but can penetrate. Ooh, I love the penetration. All but the most reinforced of armors. Use with any edge energy weapon. Damage minus, un, uh, minus one. Breach one. Ooh, I like the breaching. And this has the words, a, just the letters HP. Is that a, some kind of sauce? I do not know. HP one and rarity nine. Is that mm-hmm. all? Yes, yes, that's fine. You've, you've mangled our language more than enough. Go away. <laughs> fine. Goodbye, my cheries. <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, Stephanie. Uh, oh, she didn't have her face on, or else she wouldn't have gone on. Uh, there you go. So that's why I had uh, to block the camera. <laughs> always lovely to have Stephanie around. That's yes. right. 
Yeah, this one, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking this has got to be somewhere in 1500, maybe more. That, oh yeah, I would put at least 2000. Maybe 2000. Gonna... I mean, the rarity being nine, right? Yeah. So not everyone can have access to that, even being put in the in brackets R as in restricted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I would say probably restricted. Yeah, maybe even the X-ray one, but before that would probably be restricted too. Did, they yeah, have, did we have restricted restricted rarities in Genesis, or are we mix in Star Wars? Yeah, uh, yeah, we have restricted rarities in Star and just yes, yes, so not, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Android. It's not like a and new podcast for or anything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know I saw restricted with these chicken bone dice. Uh, anyway, so there you go. <laughs> all right chris well why don't you unfortunately we gave uh we gave away we should have had stefan do the rainbow laser it's wonderful <laughs> stephanie shirt. do the rainbow laser yeah probably but, should have. Uh, that's okay that's, go ahead chris well this modification can switch between different modes modulation of an energy weapon using a maneuver you could switch between a normal laser x-ray or grazer yes Gray laser Ga- gamma ray Oh, the gamma! Oh, the gamma! Gamma one. ray okay. laser. That's okay. There, there was no interesting words for Stephanie in there. She, she, she would not have read that one. <laughs> <laughs> the gamma ray laser. Yes. Um. So as, so the modifiers would be per the laser or the X-ray, or the the grazier. Hard points two, rarity mm-hmm. ten. Probably restricted to. I would think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. A, a weapon that can be. That versatile, you know, like all right, they're mm-hmm. they're they're hiding behind some armor. Uh, the laser can't come through it, you know. It's yep. like, okay, X-ray lasers. Oh, oh, apparently they've put some layers of lead between them. All right, <laughs> let's melt all yeah. of that with the camera ray laser. <laughs> and <laughs> I would have to just go back you know to the what? garage and get the get and it. And as far as the cost goes, I would just add all those different types up. Boom! Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Five thousand, ten thousand—you could name any price on that. And maybe, maybe pinnacle. add, yeah, maybe add the prepare one as you switch between modulations. Oh, well, he says yeah. it's a maneuver. You could yep, switch so between. So that it means it gains oh, yeah. the prepare one quality. There if you, you just wanted to throw that on there, that's easier than saying it takes a maneuver. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, I see. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. Hey. The anti-particle beam. High energy particle accelerator that produces kinetic damage and explosive effects with radioactive damage as well, also known as pulsars. Uh, any okay, this could be used on any energy weapon. It gives it the blast three quality. Oh, Holy moly! Nice. <laughs> Yowzers! Uh, Nine hundred credits is my uh, thing. I think it uh, takes up two hard points. Seems legit, and it's rarity seven. Yeah. I go. put this one right at 900. Yeah, Sounds that good. feels pretty good to me. All right. Good. Want to do the next All one, right. Steph? Yep, I'll do that one. All right, so the neutral particle beam. These weapons use a more complex, complex accelerator arrangement to generate beams of neutral particles. So they're not evil or good. They're not lawful neutral. or chaotic. They're just neutral. Well, it could be chaotic <laughs> neutral, right? Uh, that depends on the modulation. You might use the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> the, okay, a neutral particle beam can be used in vacuum or trace atmosphere without degrading. As a maneuver, you can switch the weapon to function as a normal blaster as well. So, you know, and prepare one. And, and so, no, use it on any energy weapon, but no additional modifiers. But just encumbrance one, maybe. There's larger power cells or... Uh, where the accelerator itself is more cumbersome. So only HP 1 and rarity 4. Hmm. 150 credits. 150. Yep. <laughs> allows you to use your weapon in space. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. So cool. it really only has the narrative of that and an encumbrance yeah. crea- uh, uh, increase and mm-hmm. prepare one. I don't see it being super expensive. No, no. Although I think... As long as you have, you know, it's a laser could, any of the laser weapons, grazer and even X-ray could could be used, I think, in, in outer space anyway. Sure. Just that there's no no atmosphere to, to warp the laser. So. <laughs> All right. Last but not least. Mm-hmm. Yes. A monowire edge. Apply a monowire edge to any bladed weapon. Use with any bladed weapon. Modifiers, pierce plus two. One hard point, rarity four. You go right to Razor's Edge, mm-hmm. which is twelve hundred and fifty um, for the cost, rarity six. But the only difference between Razor's Edge and this Monowire Edge is Razor's Edge actually decreases the crit range rating by one on a weapon. So right. in, this would in be, addition to plus two pierce. In yeah. addition to the pierce two quality. Um, or it increases any existing pierce quality by one. That's what Razor's Edge does. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd put this somewhere down in the, I don't know, 500, maybe 750 range. Same here. Something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, or just use Razor's Edge. Edge. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. as good as a Razor's Edge. But if you don't have that many that many credits to 1,200 and you want to spend 500 to get the monowire, yeah. you pierce two, that's cool. Nice. Nice. Cool. nice, very nice. There we go. All right, well, GM Gudmo, uh, he says mm-hmm. best regards, GM Gudmo from Iceland. Mm-hmm. He also, on a side note, asked us to look at his character sheet that he was designing. Um, and that was in the email thread. It says, as a side note, I'd love some feedback on the character sheet I'm working on. And he gave us a link to that. He goes, I'm planning to replace the talent tree with another that is closer to the background to create a new page with more talent lists, trees, notes, sections, blah, blah, blah. Final product would be a four-page, two-front, two-back, uh, dedicated to talents. Um, and uh, he's like I said, he sent us a link, so I looked at it. And I really, the big thing that uh, I liked about it was that there was a huge portrait section for, uh, you know, insert a portrait for your character. Right. Which... Um, I like that, and you know, I don't know about the four pages. I'm, I'm a, I love two-page character sheets kind of guy, but I could see the use. People would uh, enjoy that. At least it's an even thoughts? number, so you don't have a blank on the other <laughs> side. It's <laughs> true. Uh, I didn't, didn't see the, uh, the character sheet actually. Yeah, what I... character sheet? Because I'm, I'm uh, getting a link to Tiernoth Fillable, Genesis Realms of Tiernoth ones. Uh, I do believe it's his current. Uh, fillable. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe it's the. Yeah, I think that's it. 
All right. Let's see here, shared. Yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. for the dead yeah, air. He did add. He did add <laughs> another a talent page, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But anyhow, cool. Uh, yeah, it. Nothing wrong with that. There's all kinds of good character sheets out there. A lot of people are uh, putting out there. This is right up there with them. Good mo. So yeah, buddy. You know, uh, good job. Uh, I love the the weapon. Uh, modif- I like the idea of having these that that you can just plug into any weapon in any setting. Yes. Uh, and quickly as a GM, you can just add them on. It's a great little resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend you put them once you get them finished. Put them up on the uh, FFG forums for everyone to use. That's right. Um, if you haven't already, I, I'll admit I haven't been over there in a while. Um, but um, <laughs> I just want to – he said best regards to us, and I responded in is my best Icelandic, uh, which is <laughs> best uh, And uh, I hope that means best regards, and I didn't tell you to wipe your underwear on the windows. Or anything like that. <laughs> 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 I hope Google Translate got that right. <laughs> nice. But that was our email show. I know what we said. It was huge, but uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, no. Just longer, bigger emails, but we managed to to go through them without uh, bogging down, I think. That's right. Not so bad at all as all that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, shall we get on to the next show segment? Sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's our show. A little shorter, but we got through the big, big emails for mm-hmm. everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Just keep sending them in, and you know, maybe we'll have another, a second hefty mail sack for you. Yes. <laughs> and oh, I didn't get the chance to say, but thank you, GM Goodmo, Chris Allen, uh, Michael McLishan, and uh, Sam Barrett. All four of you who wrote us the your life stories uh, yes. we love it it's great that we could dedicate an entire show to you guys uh, thank you very much yes thank you so much we do yes. appreciate it thank you without you we wouldn't have a show that's right and it's glad, glad to know that you guys that were making the commutes to your works a little easier because yeah. yep. i know i appreciated it listen to the podcast that i used to listen to before too so yeah yeah let's see i still I still uh, listen to a couple of podcasts to and from work. I have at least just a short half hour, but well, back. Yeah, well, I've, got, an hour. I've got I've got a three second um, commute now from my bedroom yeah. to my <laughs> office. So working from home is nice. Anyways, um, let's see. Let's shout out. Let's give a shout out to the Wild Die Podcast. They are um, dedicated to Pinnacle Entertainment's Savage Worlds setting, where they discuss everything from rules and everything in between. Uh, Eric, um, Gary, and Harrison doing that show there. Um, they're on Patreon. Uh, actually, actually Harrison has uh, taken a little break. He's taking a break. But they do then. have a replacement for him with Paris Conte. Yes. yes, the the brains of the outfit now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> is because that, it's summer, is that the time much? zones coincide. How much is that saying? No. <laughs> Oh, it adds a lot. It adds Does a lot. It? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to their latest episodes. Like, yeah, Paris brings a lot to the table. <laughs> yeah, he's the adult in the room. That's for sure. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Paris is used to trying to hurt cats. <laughs> yep. And I sent my um, I sent my uh, 
what do you call it? My mug shot in for oh yeah, <laughs> my uh, good guys, wise guys. Sorry, wise guys. Um, this weekend, <laughs> the Eric. Sorry, That's... Eric. I took so long getting up to you. Sorry, buddy. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Sorry for the interrupt. Oh no, no, interrupt, please, because I haven't listened to these guys. <laughs> sorry, I well, not recently. They've been talking about. Uh, hindrances in mm-hmm. in savage worlds and what ones yep. they like and which ones they don't mm-hmm. and so it's mainly opinion but they have a lot of fun things to say they mm-hmm. crack some jokes <laughs> they mention our good friend daryl yeah. yeah one time and um, yeah and uh and paris brings up some good points because he uses savage worlds a lot for his group at work basically he uses role-playing games to help people with anxiety and oh, high-level cool. autism and stuff to deal yeah, he works with kids yeah, and uh, and nice. sometimes some young adults, but still, you know, hindrances are a big, big tool that help people overcome some of their uh, problems with dealing with uh, society in general, mm-hmm. and even to things like one one example is like a one young man who, when he feels he doesn't, he's not listened to by other people, he starts getting angry. Mm-hmm. So he now he's recent character has the hindrance mild-mannered. So he's not supposed to talk and shout or get excited. So when he does, the player gets excited. Paris shows a, a bobblehead hulk to him and points at it. It's like, oh, you're hulking out. It's like, all right, right. I have to be, I have to be, the, I have to be Clark Kent, not Hulk. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's great. Nice. That's that good. is cool. That's very cool. So, yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. more about them. Go ahead, Chris. They have oh. Patreon and whatnot. Yeah, they're on Patreon. They're on the Mayway. They're um, Nerds International members. They, you can find them at um, thewilddie.podbean.com. You could also email them at thewilddie at gmail.com. So, cool. Find mm-hmm. them. All right. Got an what important reminder, too, Stefan. Yes, yes. Uh, still coming up. We're getting closer and closer to Con on the Cob. October 3rd to the 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few people won't be able to make it, but uh, most of us will still be there. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that Paris Conte will be there, too. He's saving money mm-hmm. to, to come up uh, to visit. And, yeah, so we, it's in Cleveland, Ohio. Just go on website, uh, cononthecob.com, Richfield, Ohio. Awesome con. Very inclusive. Very fun. Smaller con, so you don't get overwhelmed by crowds if you you know, oh. again, if you're suffering from anxiety. Exactly. <laughs> so How many people do you think are there? Anywhere between 500 and 1,000, maybe. Yeah, and you that's do. spread out over the weekend, I would Not say. Not even 1,000, maybe three yeah. to 500. Yeah, yeah, 500 at the most, maybe. Yeah, at think. the most. So, uh, yeah. no, and and we're usually in one corner of the atrium, uh, just pool. near the, between the pool and the mini putt. The mini, the putt putt, uh, yep. The yep. loudest corner of the yeah, the loudest yeah. and best and the most fun corner near the so, miniatures painting. Yeah, not not too far from there too. Yeah, we always take yeah. over a couple of tables. <laughs> I got to get on finishing my adventures for for Con on the Cobb. There so. you go. Oh wait a second, that's right. I got to work on one too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, well, cool. Yeah, so okay. you can reach out to us at Finding the Narrative podcast gmail.com that's where all those other guys emailed us mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, reach out to Stefan and myself finding the narrative on Facebook uh, 
Nerds International and Finding the Narrative on Mayway. Uh, we just had a listener hunt us down and find us over there mm-hmm. um, and helped us uh, fix yes. some of our links in our Facebook page and so on and so forth. Well done. Um, and uh, so Jeremy, somebody, right? Yeah, Jeremy. That? Yep. Um, yeah, welcome. And then you can also get a hold of Stefan uh, on Twitter at FTN capital underscore Genesis. Uh, and listen to us or tell your friends to listen to us on uh, Finding the Narrative Podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and apparently we're on iHeartRadio. We are, um, but there's like (laughs) not all of our episodes apparently are up there, so what I did is I ended up requesting our podcast be added. I guess that's what you do. You just go there there and give me your RSS feed and it'll be there, but it's up there for some reason. It's finding it somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> so we probably had some listeners maybe <laughs> upload it for themselves for their own personal. Could have maybe, yeah. maybe. Oh, now they tracked us down. You know. Yeah, they did. Podbean is the, the best place to get it all, and yeah. uh, and YouTube too. I mean, you can find them all on YouTube. Though you know, we don't show our smiley faces nope. or anything. But it's just no, no. We oh, don't want to sound. We don't excite our listeners that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. I I usually incite blindness in most people that see me, so I, right. I am pale. Yes, the, the beach is littered by blind people when, when Tony goes to the beach. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> All right. Well, this thanks, guys, and this is Tony saying keep rolling them bones. And this is Stefan saying, don't forget to ask for those boost eye, which I forgot to ask for my boost eye earlier. No, we, we preempted your asking and said, no, you can't have one. <laughs> Before the show started and during. And during, right. It's, a, it's, it's as if I have a reputation of something. <laughs> you do. Um, and then this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. Yes, have fun with your big mailbag. Hey, what was that guy's name again, Chris? Good, good pronounce it buddy hang on a minute <laughs> <laughs> where is it? Where is it? no it's it's no it's no it's gm um goodmo so <laughs> no you want me to try here let me give it a try okay so um born what's that what's that other guy michael what <laughs> Michael Mikulski. <laughs> Bye, Mike. <laughs> there we go. Mangled and mangled again. That's right. All right. Till next time. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.